Welcome to our mini-series, Unhinged Conversations, the podcast where Jen and I come together to dive headfirst into the chaotic world of marriage, macros, fitness, business, parenting, and everything else in between. I'm your host, Johnny. And Jen. And we're thrilled to embark on this wild ride with you. Let's go. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect from our mini-series. Unhinged Conversations is all about authentic, unfiltered discussions that leave no stone unturned. We're not here to sugarcoat or present a picture-perfect version of life. Instead, we're going to unravel the messiness, embrace the craziness that comes along with navigating various aspects and seasons of life. And over the course of this series, Jen and I will be sharing our personal experiences, triumphs, and even our failures. We believe that honest conversations can spark meaningful connections and provide valuable insights into the many challenges we all face. From the ups and downs of marriage to the pursuit of fitness goals, managing a business, and roller coaster ride of parenting, we're going to tackle it all. No topic is off limits and no opinion is too bold. We're going to dive deep, challenge the social norms, and even ruffle a few feathers along the way. Like Jen said, during these unhinged conversations, we hope to provide you with a fresh perspective on the complexities of life. We're not claiming to have all the answers, but we're here to explore the questions and open up conversations that often go unspoken. (laughs) Whether you're married, single, just starting your fitness journey, or you have been here a while, maybe you're a business owner or a parent, or maybe you're just curious about the messiness of life, this mini-series is for you. We're going to create a space where you can laugh, relate, and maybe even know you're not alone in your struggles. Our commitment to you is that we're not going to hold back. We'll share our personal stories, our lessons learned, and hard-earned wisdom. Our aim is to leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to take on life's unpredictable journey. So get ready for the chaos, the vulnerability, and the occasional dose of humor. Unhinged Conversations with Jen and Johnny is about to begin. Welcome to the Mind to Muscle podcast, where we focus on exercising our minds and our muscles. I'm your host and sweaty mama, Jennifer Loganville, and my goal is to empower you to live each and every day stronger than yesterday. Being the strongest in the room isn't only about your physical fitness, but your confidence and mindset. Here, I'm your biggest cheerleader as we learn how important it is to put your mind to muscle even before picking up the weight. Otherwise, what are you doing? Grab your water and get set up. We're starting in three, two, one. Let's go. Welcome back, guys, to this episode of Unhinged Together Season 2. Let's go. Dose. That's right. Get into it. I put out there inside my private sweaty sister group asking they love the unhinged episodes and just what do they want to hear? And so we're doing mostly just a Q&A today. And I feel like a Q&A will start a conversation that we dive into. So let's do it. Are you ready? Game on. Let's, let's go. go. Okay. I think this is kind of controversial, which is what this whole podcast is about. Johnny, what is your opinion on the weight loss shots or a quick fix to fitness? Straight to it. Let's Straight go. to it. Um, 
I don't know enough about it. This is like more in your realm of the, yeah. you know, nursing slash medical world. Um, but just from common knowledge, I know that there's no quick fix in yes. the health side of things. It has to be a daily and there's no secret magic to it. Yeah. You um, if it if it's quick fix, it's not gonna last. Yeah. That's my and opinion. Also, like if something's going to make a huge effect so quickly, like what is the long term? Consequences? Like this, this just came out of nowhere and took right. a whirlwind. Yeah. Via social media. So Yeah. I kind of compare it to the Uh oh. Everybody gonna get wild on me. I compare it to the whole Tide Pod era of like, oh, this is cool. Let's get on board. Let's try it. Oh. That's my best comparison. That's. Like, there's no timeline where this has been studied and right. it's just like overnight. Right. I off. agree that um, first and foremost, like with my program as a whole, I'm not here to offer you a quick fix. So if you're here for a quick fix, I'm not the right fit for you. And that I've watched people do quick fixes my whole life. And it they always are just that, a quick change. And there's so much to it. You can use something as a tool or a resource. Like maybe a bariatric surgery, in my opinion, is a resource. That is a tool. You now have to change your entire life. Lifestyle changes forever. The way you eat, the way you drink, the way you, everything. Like your body can't quick fix and then it's the perfect ticket. You have to work towards it. You have to have huge life changes. And so it kind of goes same with the little shots and all of that. My nurse in me is highly concerned on the long-term effects of what it's doing to your pancreas. And as you know, your pancreas is the house for your hormones. And without your pancreas, you can't function. And your body is all around hormones. You, we're hormone-based. And so to me, I it's too risky whenever there's so many other options. And yes, it might take you a year, two years, three years to even see a snippet of the results that you want to see. But how long did it take you to get to this overweight point? It didn't happen overnight. So you can't expect the results to happen overnight for what you are doing to see what you want to see. I have seen some people that I know on these shots and they've had these big transformations. But to me, my concerning point as a personal trainer, nutritionist, and a nurse, when is an end point? Kind of like with the Botox, the filler sort of thing. Like, when do you stop? Is there an end point? Is it when your insurance stops covering it and now you have to? If you're doing it, you need to be implementing proper eating macros. But I've heard, I don't know enough about it. I just have briefly read some stuff on it and really just the negative effects of it long term, which really isn't a lot of studies around it. But I heard it almost puts you in starvation mode if you don't have diabetes with it. If you're using it as a fat loss supplement, then it's putting you in starvation mode, which equals hair falling out, um, starving of the body. Now you're not getting any nutrients, micro and macronutrients. And so now you're almost like malnourished in a sense. And that is just not the ticket for confidence, self-love. You can't buy self-love. So you need to work on your inner. Like I just talked about in my last podcast, you've got so many things, so many key factors you need to work on on self-love spiritually, emotionally, and physically 
for that process of self-love and healing to happen that a quick fix and a quick shot isn't going to do it for you. You need to be using all these things simultaneously so when you're done with the shots, you can maintain it and sustain it. And I think that's where a lot of people are not doing that. And if they are, I've seen some people who are, and they're having this great transformation and that's great. But for me, is it going to ruin your pancreas 10 years from now? I don't know. So let's move on. So final answer. I don't support it. We're not fans. <laughs> but I'm not, a, I'm not a supporter of like the Atkins diet or the, the diet train. Like, I'm just not like, don't do keto. Don't do that. Eat the macros that fuel your body. Lift the weights consistently. Go on a 30-minute walk every day. Fuel your body with water and vitamins and put in the work. Put in the hard work. And My shirt and literally says, it. do the work. That is very fitting. Do the work and you will see the results. And physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of it goes hand in hand. You have to do the work. Moving on. I think we covered that very well. A lot of excited people. Um, marriage during postpartum and making time for one another. So we have three kids and we have experienced the postpartum journey three different times and they all feel very different. We were at so many different phases. Yes. Yeah. And so like Addie, we went from zero to 100 of when she was born. We were younger. We were um, obviously new parents. I feel like I'm going to record an episode with one of my friends around the secrets about postpartum that no one tells you about because she's a new mom and she was shook to her core. She's like things, the hormones, all of these things that no one tells you about because it's scary and it's hard and it's different for everybody, like you don't expect that as a first-time mom. So here's painting our picture. As soon as I had Addie, Johnny was home with me for two weeks, I think. You got two weeks off. And then we started our trucking company and he's gone. And now it's me. I remember sobbing my eyes out. The day you left me for the first time, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this baby. It's just me and her. What if something happens? What if I don't wake up in the middle of the night? Oh my gosh. And I'm not a codependent person. I'm pretty independent, but I was fearful. But again, these hormones, this changes, my body's changing. I have this human that I'm in charge of. It is a lot for me as a mom perspective of like a new mom. You feel really isolated almost. Um, and then, so then that's whenever I was like, I can't be alone. I can't do this. I was going to my parents' house all the time and it just was not a good spot. So then I just decided let's just go trucking with you. And from Addie was eight weeks old to six to eight months old, we went trucking with you guys, with you. Mm -hmm. And we lived in the truck, essentially. We had a house, but we pretty much raised Addie for her first eight months of life in the truck until she started crawling. So that was fun. And it got difficult to contain her. (laughs) Yes. And so that was a really fun experience. Um, Addie's birth was beautiful and calm and perfect, all the great things. And then Reed, again, completely different situation. His was a lot of stress from the beginning to the very end. Like I had placenta abruption with him and you were gone in California whenever the state of California, whenever my doctor, I was just having these weird feelings and I was like, something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. I just have these weird vibes. Went to my chiropractor. He also like felt these vibes without me even saying it, it was like, something is off. I think you should go home and you should call your doctor. And I was like, I agree. So I went home. I called my doctor 
and we did an ultrasound and waited 24 hours and I wake up to a phone call of her, of Johnny calling me with my doctor on the phone saying, I'm on my way home. We're getting to the hospital soon to get there. We're having a baby tonight. And it was like 16 hours away from home yeah. at this point. And so you were coming home from what button? What was it, Buttonwood, California? No, where was it? I don't know, Southern California. Yeah, Southern California. And so we used to haul these big, giant, oversized loads. And so you all had just dropped off and you were headed home, but then somehow you had to make it home faster before something happened. And so he drove 16 hours straight to get home. And we loaded up, took Addie to my sister's, dropped her off, went straight to the hospital. And then my placenta erupted literally a couple hours later. And so we were at least at the hospital. Things were great. I had a lot of like, I was, it was unexpected, a lot of weird feelings, some trauma around that. Johnny had some trauma around it, the way it all like mapped out in times and how it was. And so anyways, Reed was healthy. Life was great. Healthy baby. And, but again, it was like my body disappointed me. So I was really frustrated with it that I didn't get to have this beautiful, empowering birth that I had like with Addie. And so I like frustrated. And I don't know, just weirdness around it. And if you've ever had a traumatic birth, you get it. And so then taking that and then going home with a two-year-old at home waiting for you who doesn't care that you just had an emergency C-section and your stomach hurts, your body hurts, your boobs hurt, everything hurts. They don't care because they're two. They don't know. They just know you're their mom and they need you as much as that baby needs you. And now I got this baby who's taking up my mom and she didn't like it. And so you were home for a week and then you had to leave for another load. Yep. And so it was one of those things as entrepreneurs, we talked about it in one of our podcasts in season one. If you're not working, you are not making money as an entrepreneur. And then you have all of this fleet of trucks. You have all of these bills. You have all of this stuff you have to pay for. So if you can't show up for your own, you know, working, we had an employee in another truck, but the main thing was we had a big contract, a huge contract. Fill, so and so that was out the door. You you know you have no business, right? So. And so I don't know. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I have Addie, and we did this before. Like with all we've known, was trucking. And so I was like, I'll be fine. And I was like, I did. I think I felt like I did great, and I felt oh, like you're, you're a champion. I don't. Thank you. I don't know how you made it through that, but putting up with me i could barely get out of bed because my c-section but it's fine and so that's why you're a mama beast thank you and so i think we did good but you also sacrificed like you were never really home for the baby baby stages you were never home when i was pregnant yeah for anyone that knows like even one night if you were to have somebody watch your you know child and you come back after one night yeah you know, say 12 hours, you're like, wow, my kid's completely changed. Yeah. So I would see my kids on Saturday and partial Sunday and be gone again. So yeah. a full almost seven days without seeing my kids. So every time you saw them, they were so many every, new milestones and changes. Every time I'd see them as like, you know, completely different and grown up child. Yeah. You know, even at the baby, baby stages. And that's a lot of sacrifice on your point of, you know, here I am providing for my family but I'm missing out on so much with my babies and my wife and it was fine. Really, we, we it was made our it goal through. together. Yeah. So we knew and we goal. knew where we were headed. So that was like the foundational work. 
And that's the climb to being entrepreneurs. And if you can get through those really, really, really hard times and that really hard season of five, six years where you're like, we're building this foundation and we're not seeing that top of the mountain yet, but we know it's there. You have to have someone and maybe you teeter off each other where some days you're feeling down about it and you're like, let's just quit this. Like, this is so much work. Where are the benefits? And then I would bounce it and be like, no, we got this. We got this. But you mostly would carry that like motivation. And I would question and doubt. And it's like a lot being a stay at home mom and then running like the book side for you and permits and all of that was so much. And maybe not feeling like I was contributing, but let's just talk about stay-at-home moms for a minute because I've been there. I was a stay-at-home mom for four or five years. Mm-hmm. You 100% are contributing to your family. Maybe not yeah, monetarily, no but you are 1,000% at work. It is hard work. It is exhausting mentally, physically, emotionally. So whenever your significant other comes home and is like, what'd you do all day? Like, what a slap in the face. You never did that to me. You never questioned. You never like, wow, this house is a mess when you walk in. No, it was like, you have to, if you're going to have a stay-at-home mom, be your wife or your baby mama, support her as if she is a working mom because she's 100% working. She is showing up for your kids every day. You would pay someone childcare to take care of your kids. So just because she's not being paid and you're not paying somebody to do it, she has a, that's a job. So I right so and she's showing up for the housework and the cooking and the cleaning and the childcare. She is working more than what you would be paying someone to go drop your kids off at daycare. And that was our goal. Nobody is better watching your kids than you and your spouse. And so now it's really interesting for me. That was our goal, and we knew that was our goal. Right, you to be able to raise our our babies. Right, but now I can't be home twenty four seven with Ava. She has a babysitter six hours a day that we trust very, like, we love our babysitter. And we will not ever let somebody watch our kids that we are not like, yes, you're the best for us. Um, But it is weird having, remember whenever Ava was 12 weeks old when I left her and I just like cried on my way to the office after leaving her. And I was like, what if she loves Sarah more than me? And Jory's like. Okay, she's not going to. She knows you're her mom. And I'm like, but I've never had anybody take care of my kids for me. So that was, it's a whole new aspect for me. And so, really, we kind of circling to marriage during postpartum, postpartum, new parents, marriage, entrepreneurship, all squished into one for the first six years of our marriage was really hard because we, as a couple, got put on the very back burner. We made it through, and I can't say every every day was easy, but I can't really say it was really hard either. When yeah, you're with I, the right I person. everything 50-50, like you can put 50% effort into having a bad day or a good day, you know? Yeah. As long as you're getting 51%, you know, that's a win, so. Right. I don't know. I just am like, when you're with the right person, it, it it's not always going to come easy, but it shouldn't be hard. Like, you shouldn't have to put so much effort and energy into it like it should come natural yeah all the little things i would you know if i knew you were having a bad week i would 
try to send you flowers or right. I would tell you, go spoil yourself, you know, right. you and the kids go do something. Um, and you would never, when I was a stay-at-home mom, tell me I couldn't buy something. But we both are, we, we're not huge spenders out of reason. Like you would be like, go get your nails done, go buy a shirt, go to Buckle, go do whatever you want to go to the TJ Maxx. And never question that I, but we don't make large purchases regardless without talking to each other. But like, you never made me feel like, okay, now I'm not bringing any money in that I couldn't go buy something. Yeah. Which I know a a lot of people who feel that way as stay-at-home moms, that they're not actually bringing a paycheck home so they feel like they can't go buy something for themselves. And I'm like, that has to be a conversation that your spouse has made you feel like that before. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what's some advice you would offer to a husband whose wife is a stay-at-home mom? Well, like I just stated earlier, you know, you would be paying somebody to watch your kids. So that money would be going out the door. So I don't feel like we ever needed to, you know, set a budget on each other spending. So Right. Like think about how much you pay. It's a mutual respect. It's like I'm not going to go out and blow money you know, for no reason. It's just, if you can't tell your spouse you're going to buy something, right. you shouldn't probably spend the money. So True. Yeah. But treat your wife with respect. Like you said, like, don't put her down that she's not working. Yeah. Don't have the conversation like, what did you do all day? How rude. Yeah. Well, what did you do all day it's at work? Like flip the script. Right. You, you try eight hours, you know, a day with your kiddos and, you know. Right. Then walk in and be like, what'd you do all day? Yeah. It's hard. And so respect, mutual respect, help out around the house. Yes, you worked all day, but yes, your wife did too, in a different sense. Yep. So unload the dishwasher for her and don't keep tabs on chores. Like you and I don't keep tabs on chores. And I think that is what makes our house very peaceful. It's not like, well, you put these in the washer. Now you got to put them in the dryer. I did that yesterday. No, if there's work to be done, we've said another podcast. If there's work to be done around your house, just do it. Yeah, don't keep out. tabs. And husbands, step up. Like seriously, I am like John. So many women are like, "Oh my gosh, Johnny's the goals husband." He one hundred percent is because you help. Like, why is it so hard for men in this generation to think that they are too entitled to unload the dishwasher? I don't know. It blows my <laughs> mind. Like, like, I would not be able to be married to somebody like that. Uh, no. I don't know. I think it's just how they were raised, you know. Maybe. I don't know. It's crazy to me. Used to. Laziness I'm is what I like, see. I, you I, can't be lazy in your marriage and expect it to work. I lived by myself, you know, for so long. Yeah. And it's just what I did before meeting you. So right. Everybody knows how to load empty right. simple, all the simple things. things and that, small things and, help and you our out. Kids, like, you know, helping out and doing that. So, you know, if kids and children can do it. Make it fun. You can do it 10 times faster and just knock it out right. when it needs to be done. So. Make them feel inclusive. Like with my, our kids, I'll be like, hey, read. I don't know the dishwasher and I'm doing the plates and the heavy stuff. And I'm like, hey, can you do the silverware? And he does the silverware and he feels like he's helping. And you're showing your kids how to help out around the house. Yep. Our kids Teamwork put and... our clothes up. Like here we fold them, we put them here. Now you get to go put them away. And make your kids, boy and girl, helpful. Oh. Paving the paths to their future. Mm-hmm. Starting now. At Like I at four is when I started having Reed and giving him little responsibilities. And I think that's made a world of a difference because he loves to help people. Yeah, Loves to help. And make Throw it fun. 50 cents or a dollar in there. And yeah. Your kids will work for 
two, three hours. Yes, <laughs> like absolutely. Really like, Reed, they you want 50 it. cents? He's like, absolutely, they yes. They feel like they've got their first job and, and it's fun. And then you're You'd teaching them entrepreneur they, stuff they too. They come back and ask for more. Right. You know? Like, what else can I do? What else can I get done? And Yeah. It's a win for everybody. Rewarding them for hard work. And then with Ava. So the first time when I was pregnant with Ava is the first time you were home with me when I was pregnant. And I was like, it was weird because I was like, this is the first time. And I was kind of in your space. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm not used to being pregnant and like having you here every day or postpartum. I was not used to you being home and the extra help. And so postpartum, like have your husband, if you're, especially if you're breastfeeding, have your husband change your diapers. Like it shouldn't even be a non-negotiable. Like you're like, I can't feed this baby, but I can change all of her diapers. And that little help was so much for me of like, anytime if there was a wet diaper, men do not hand the baby back to the mom, just change the diaper. It is so simple, but it makes such an impact. Yeah, and, I just feel like it's common sense stuff. Like, right. Like I don't I don't know. It's hard. And if your husband is so lazy and hands off, I am so sorry. Have a conversation with him that we need. This is not working. We got to make some changes. Send him to this podcast. Tell him to message Johnny. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. Every day. So my tip is really um, sail through it. Don't be afraid to give your baby to your husband so you can go on a walk outside or a workout by yourself yes it is hard it is biologically weird to be away from your baby until i think they said the first year i get it i am a freak about that kind of stuff but i would not have been able to pull out of my postpartum anxiety postpartum depression that i had with ava without getting my butt up every morning after we dropped the kids off at school and going for a walk some days I would take her with me. Some days I would wear her. Some days in her, in her stroller. Some days I'm like, I'm going on a walk. I have to have. If that means after work, that's what that looks like for your spouse, whatever. You need 20 minutes of some alone time. Really feels weird. Sounds weird. Feels like you're missing something when you're doing it. I truly think that's the only way that I pulled myself through that hard phase. Because Ava was a traumatic birth more than any of them. And it was just a lot. We had the trauma of the NICU. We had all the things with her. We got a perfectly healthy baby, which I'm so incredibly thankful to the good Lord for that one. But if we would have been 10, 20 minutes past what we were to get in the hospital, Ava and I probably wouldn't be here today. And so to me, I like go that goes through my head all the time of like, the thought of like I had to tell I might have to tell my kids they don't have a baby sister. I might not be here for my kids if this goes south. And it can go south very quickly with what happened. And so for me, that was where my mind was stuck. And I was and Johnny was there to be like, Well, you're here. We have a healthy baby. It's okay. But again, I was like, my body let me down. I was frustrated. All these things. I was traumatic. It was just a lot. And don't ever feel like and husbands, if don't make your wives feel like their thoughts aren't valued because it's a lot. It's a lot of hormones. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot. It's just so much postpartum. Even if you had a beautiful, perfect, healthy delivery and healthy baby, you still feel so many things or so many chemicals just changing and things going on. You just gave your body this craziness of change for the past year of being pregnant and then 
now this birth and then now you're not, they say it takes two years after you have a baby to feel like yourself again. And I fully believe it. And so it feels really heavy, really thick a lot of the days. And you're like, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Consistency is key. Start with walking. Do something positive every day. Find, get your list of gratitude out. Five things that you're grateful for every single day. Find the good. It's hard some days. It's so hard, but you can do it. If I can pull through, you can pull through. Have your support system and know that you will get back to you. Promise it doesn't feel like it, but you will. And keep that positive thought. Keep it there. Like, yes. And then for a couple marriage wise, Go on dates. Even if you take your baby with you, go on dates. Date each other again. You have to. And yes, breastfeeding, you it's a it's a disconnect. Um, for a while. It really is. I'm not gonna deny it. And you're like, I'm touched all the time. I've got this baby. I don't really want to be touched. And husbands have to understand that it's a huge life change for and it's just a season. And if you can make it through just that little season of understanding and it gets better. I promise. That first year is hard. It's so hard on so many different levels and different aspects, emotionally, physically, all the things. But once you get past that first year, it's so fun. It's so much better. Yes. And everyone's journey is different. Like from Addie, I didn't have those feelings. I was like, yeah, emotional. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with this baby. And it wasn't the traumatic. So some people have never had traumatic birth. They don't understand it. It's weird. Reed and Ava, it's almost like you don't want any, you know, that traumatic experience. You're like, I don't want anybody around. Right. Know, my baby's fragile and right. all these things and all the. I didn't know, let anybody. In your head and, right. Yeah, it's tough. Even with Ava, especially um, being a preemie and in the NICU and vulnerable. And I did not let anybody come meet her. She was one month old before my parents even met her. And. I was for probably her first nine months till summer of May of, you know, this year when she started crawling is I was a freak about people holding her, touching her. Like I'm also a germaphobe and I think of worst case scenario, but I'm like, I will do everything to not be back in that NICU. Exactly. And so I don't know, every birth, every baby, everything is different. And so just don't wish it away. Try to take in the good, see the joy. Be connected. Our date nights were when snack club, (laughs) the kids to bed and eating healthy and fueling your body properly was really like where I was like, yes, I'm getting me back, getting that light back and that spark back. And that's takes time, takes consistency, but push through. You can do it. I know you can. That was really long and drug out. But I feel like that's a topic that no one really talks about because postpartum is hard for men. And women, yeah, and so that's just my it's opinion. Tough for everybody, just a just a season, just that's a season. And then there are these little kids that tell you, "No, daddy." <laughs> Ava started doing that. It's uh, so funny. So Sunday, Reed decided that it was time to decorate for Halloween. So we went to Target, got you know some fun stuff for the front porch. And out of all the things, and for the first word of mine to be attached to is a four, probably three and a half foot spider, big fuzzy spider. Yes. That is Ava's yeah. and nobody else's. Yep. I am just sitting there on the front porch close to the spider 
being stared down by my one-year-old who looks me in the eyes and says, mine. I love her. And she pauses and I give her no reaction and she looks at me bigger eyes, mine, <laughs> and drags it out. And I'm like, where does she oh, even learn it? This I've... girl is serious. Yeah. And then the third time, mine, daddy. And I'm like, the spider is all yours, Ava. This spider is yours. None she's, of us are going to take it from you. She's so funny. her first possession of mine it's is a giant spider. A giant and she spider. sits there and goes, the Itsy Bitsy Spider song. Though Every time she walks by it and sees it, she starts doing Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yep. She's so smart. I'm like, you're a baby genius. Yep. Spider's her, her best friend right now. Yeah. I never guessed it, but she loves it. Yeah. It's funny. She almost runs when she walks past the front door because she knows it's there. I'm like, are you kind of afraid of it too? Because she like runs really fast to get to me. It's so she's got this personality that she's like fearless. Yeah. So she's both of us mixed together. Yeah. Yeah, So yesterday it was boys' day at home with Ava included. The girls were at gymnastics, and Ava decided that it's fun to walk as fast as she can in a circle because you get dizzy and Mm -hmm. fall down. And once dad tells you, no, you're going to hit your head on the coffee table, she does it for 10 minutes straight. We have a 10-minute video of her doing it. After I was crying laughing. Face planning on the floor and taking a 30-second break, she's just back at it again. And she's telling herself no, no, no as she's doing it because she knows Johnny's saying, no, no, Ava, you're going to get hurt. And with she's, a smirk every time yeah. she she's like no no me. no I'm like ooh none of her kids she's gonna take us she's gonna be wow Ugh. I love it though I love her little personality she's a little spitfire she is I love she it is. okay um this is one if you have a moment of disagreement how do you resolve it and get back to your normal. If you don't see eye to eye in all that you have going on, what is your back on track secret? So Johnny and I communicate very differently. And so I'm a put it all out on the table. Let's talk about it. Move on. But my feelings might be hurt for like a day or two later. And Johnny's a. I'm kind of a recluse on the. Yeah. The subjects. He doesn't want to talk about it. But I think that's how you were raised. Yeah, that's kind of how I was raised. But for me, I'm like, nothing's really worth getting angry over. Even if it is, he's like, are you done? And I'm like, huh? She could be fired up, fired up. And I'm just like, are you done yet? And that's what gets (laughs) me more fired up. I'm like, let's just sit still, sleep on it. And And I'm like, this tomorrow. No, we will talk about this right now. And so what it took... Jen's not direct at all, is she, guys? (laughs) I get it from my dad, okay? Uh, Jen's like, we will not sleep for five days until we get this taken care of. Absolutely, yes. Thank you for understanding. I feel this is the most understood I felt in our whole marriage right now. You actually know me. But you just still are like, eh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I'm like, sit down. I'm not going to do or say anything that's going to. You know, You're not a reactor. And I. Reactor. Right. So this way you and I, I think, balance each other. And in the last like three years of like this inner healing for the both of us, you have become a better communicator. Yeah. And I have become a less reactor. So we 
here, here's what I've learned. And in the last four years, I finally feel like we've mastered our communication form if there's a disagreement. Yeah. What I do is I will say whatever, if, if it's maybe something that I am upset about, which it doesn't like maybe like twice a year, truthfully, like I can't think of the last disagreement we have. If there's something that I'm upset about, I will say, I'm upset about this, 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 and this, or I will even text it because Johnny can receive it better because he doesn't have my emotions involved in what I'm saying. And by emotions, I'm not a crier. Like he has seen me cry when Ava was born and like our kids were born. Otherwise, I'm not a crier. I don't. Very very seldom. I feel, I feel really awkward when people cry. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, so that it makes for me personally, I feel like it's a state of vulnerability that very few people have ever seen of me. And I feel weak if I cry. And I know crying is good for you, but I'm like, oh, no. And so if you have made me so mad where I'm crying, watch out. We're not sleeping for five days. <laughs> but I don't think we've ever been there. But I will say if so, I will now like if I'm like super heated, I just know I need to pause and I need to process and I feel it and then we'll talk about it. And he has slowed me down on a reactive time. And I've realized that reacting is not the answer to anything. And I got to think about it because in five minutes or in an hour, two hours or maybe tomorrow, you're not going to be as hot headed and it may not bother you as much as what it did in the moment. And that's what he's taught me. And I, I think you can bounce. And then for him, I have taught, I feel like I've taught you how to communicate a little bit better on how do you feel? And that is hard for you to be like, this is how I feel. And you don't love to do that. I don't really love to do that. No. No, but you're better at it. I'm getting better. And so Normally I'm like, I'm, I'm a man. I just, I don't feel anything. About it and move on. You're like, I'm dead inside, is what he used to say. I'm like, of course you are. What feelings? Right. And I'm like, do you even love me <laughs> if you're dead inside? And so how we talk about it is, like I said, I will say, this is what's bothering me. And then I know two to three business days later, he will like maybe talk to me about it. Or I'm just not it's mad not about it long. anymore. Sometimes two to three business days. But usually his lack of reaction is what chills me out and makes me be like, okay, I'm being irrational about these thoughts. It's not really that big of a deal. But communication's key. We never hold on to it. Johnny doesn't keep tabs on things. And that has taught me to forgive and move on and not keep tabs on things with people. People mess up. It's okay as long as you admit it. I will say. Can I say something? Oh, boy. And I think it's how you were raised. It took Johnny eight years of being married to me before I ever heard the words. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm sorry. I've never heard the words I'm sorry out of this guy's mouth until like year number eight that we were married. And finally, I was like, why is it so hard? But it's not just you. I, I think it's like how you were raised. Um, and finally, like now I'm like trying to teach my kids, like, Reed, you did run over our neighbor's lights and you totally ruined the outdoor lights and you broke them. And it happens. It's an accident. But you're going to go up to them and you're going to say, I'm so sorry, Stephanie, I broke your lights. Do you forgive me? And it's going to be OK. But that's the right thing to do. And maybe 
maybe her he's not even the one that broke it. Maybe her daughter broke it, but he was there by association. But you still, even if you didn't do it, it's okay to say sorry. People will respect you more. If you're like, I'm sorry I messed up. Do you forgive me? And you can move on. It's the two words. I'm sorry have such an impact for everyone around you. I think I respect somebody more if they can be like, I'm really sorry I messed up. It doesn't have to be a morals code of action sort of a thing. It needs to just be like, I'm human. I messed up. Those weren't my intentions. I don't mean to. Let's move on. And for me, like once you started doing that, I was like, let's go. Like you didn't do something that I asked or maybe you did golf another nine holes and didn't tell me that you were. And as long as you were just like, sorry, I didn't even think about it. We were having fun. I just did nine more holes like that. I was like, okay, you're you're sorry. Okay. Years before that, you'd been like, why do you got a problem with it? And so you saying I'm just sorry has been like a huge marriage win for us. And I don't even think I've ever shared that with you. Yeah. Here we are being I, unhinged. Yeah. I guess in the past, I just treated all sorries as like, I bumped into you. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, almost like Does a that smart hurt you? A. Does that hurt you to your core that you're so sorry about it. That's right. how I always treated sorries because I've never heard. You've never heard the never word. Heard no one's ever apologized to no. you until you marry me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For everything. Does it annoy you? No. Are you did, I'm just not used to it. Yeah. But I'm, do, do you like seeing our kids say sorry? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Like I said, that's why we. Uh, we just had a marriage win. It's just why we thrive. We do. And so also like always be willing to learn something. Like I can change. Yeah. Everyone can change. And I think that's the beauty of life and building. Like, so I actually just heard this conversation with some friends about how they don't, they're like in kind of in this like struggle. And it was because the husband was like, you've changed. I don't know who you are anymore. And you're not the person that I married. And I'm like, well, of course you're not. If you were the same person that he married, then how would it be boring? Like you've become a mom since you got married. You've become all of these different things since you've been married. So of course you're going to be different. You just fall in love with a different version of who you chose to get married to every different season of life. And that's the beauty of seasons, in my opinion. Can't grow without change, so. Right. I personally, I like change, but I like safe change. And so for me, I see change as growth to a certain like level. And so it's really uncomfortable for some people. They get it. But you just have to take change with growth with a grain of salt. I always say, if you're uncomfortable, you're growing. If you are comfortable, you're not growing. And when you can get your mind wrapped around that, you're like, okay, this thing that I'm about to do, this job change, this whatever, is uncomfortable and I'm growing and God put you in that position and that change in your life for a reason. So acknowledge it and go with it. And it might be hard, but you can do hard things. This episode is sponsored by Top Notch Athletics. We customize tailored clothing for those that are here to get things done. We design clothes for those that never settle. The peak performers, the ones that never sell themselves short of the best. The high risers, those that never quit. The strongest in the room. Step into these clothes and your mindset shifts. You become Top Notch. Check out tnclothing.com to become your Top Notch self. Okay, so this one is... How do you have adult friendships? That's been really hard for us to find people like a good solid couple that we feel really aligned with. 
we talked about it on some of our Unhinged podcasts again about changing. And with change comes different couple friends. Um, recently, I feel like I've finally found my group of female friends that I've been longing for for many, many, many years. Like that person that I, besides Johnny or besides my dad, if I'm going to pick up the phone and call somebody, who is that girl? I feel like I finally found that group for me. And it's been life-changing for me. needed a little push. Yeah. Been talking about by my personal life coach, by Johnny. Like this group, I'm like, I need friends. And people will be like, who's your best friend? I'm like, Johnny and my kids, my dad. Like what girlfriend? You had, this is my life coach. You had something exciting to to announce right now. What? Who's one girl you're calling first? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, that's the problem. You need a girlfriend. And I was like, how do you find them? Is there like a app for that? Like <laughs> needing, seeking, here's my profile. Where's my girlfriend's at? And so in the last couple of years, I feel like I've really found that group. And for me, advice is someone who you don't, who just flows naturally. And someone who you don't feel exhausted when you leave from them. Someone who is not a candle blower outer, who your candle can be lit. And my candle can be lit and we're both helping each other's flame grow brighter. So if if you're going to text me, if I want to call you or text you about a win that I had, when she calls or texts me about a win she has, I'm going to offer and be that person that I would want to be on the other end of the phone. And if you're going to do something, maybe you did something with your job that was like really awesome. And maybe I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to show you how excited and supportive I am for you. Be that person for them as you would want for you and encourage them and empower them and be there judgmental free when they call you because they're having an issue. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they're having a marriage issue. And don't hold. I'm the friend I feel that I'm going to tell you if you have a booger in your nose. I'm the friend who's like, I love you so much. You got a little food in your teeth. And it's, I'm going to be that person because I would want that person to be there for me. I finally feel like I've got that group there. I'm thriving right now with it. And I'd also say number one for us has been the hardest is we need friends that you can just pick up where you left right. off if you haven't seen them for three or four months. Or even sometimes talk, we because sometimes we can't commit. We get in seasons of life where we're starting new businesses and doing all the things. Yeah. And, and we, we don't have an every Friday babysitter. Yeah, we don't have the every Friday babysitter, but we also don't have the time because we do love hanging out with our kids and family. We do. We would so. prefer to be with our kids than to not be with our kids. And me, yeah. and I know you for sure. I know our kids are so cool. They're so they awesome. They're fun. Sometimes you're like, you are exhausting me. Go go away and, for five most seconds. Of the time it's like, why are you acting like me? Right. <laughs> Stop it. And then there's oh. moments like we sit after we drop our kids off, our babysitters at our house with Ava. We look through our freaking phones of pictures and videos of them. And we're like, oh, they're so cute. Look, look, remember? And I'm like, yeah, that was just yesterday. Look at Ava. We literally were doing this. We're like, okay, stop it. We got to go work out. And sometimes it's bad enough. We're like, look at each other. Like, should we get the kids out of school early? I know. Should we go get them? You want to go get them? <laughs> we could just like hang out with them. That's so why I was like, can I just homeschool the kids? Uh, and and so. From an ex-homeschooler, the answer is no. I know. Guys, help me. 
convinced Johnny. Okay, no. You said if I can find a group of co-homeschoolers that they can have classmates, you would consider it. Yeah, I'm just like, I felt so isolated. Right. Trapped. And but again, you said you weren't allowed to do sports or any of these other things, and our kids are involved, so I don't think, help me convince them, guys. It's a no for me, because I'm still like, you still have trauma. sports are like an hour out of the day, maybe. School's like an eight-hour day, big chunk. But homeschool, we could do it in four. No. I'll convince like, them. No. I know. Mm-mm. I think, here's my dream. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. I'm going to hire a teacher to work for us. And she's going to homeschool our three kids and some of our friends' kids. Like if I put an ad out there and I'm like, hey, sweaty sisters, if you live in Columbia and you want, like if we all pay tuition, imagine if we had Eight kids who paid the tuition that we pay for our kids' school. That's the teacher's salary. It's not a bad idea. But you're teaching like a third grader, a kindergartner, a one-year-old, maybe a fifth grader. This sounds... Well-versed. This sounds like a lot. I think it's genius. I don't know. I would love to hear some feedback. My teachers are cringing right now. I know they are. They're like, no. But like I worry daily about safety of our kids i worry about like why do we go to school for eight hours and then we have two hours of homework that really sensitive subject right now at our house every night since third grade started the first week of school we have had over two hours of homework every night and now we have we're in gymnastics two hours after school too so by the time addy gets home with that there's zero downtime zero family time she's done with her homework at nine o'clock at night and then she's like, can I can I play? Can I go do something? And I'm like, nope, it's time for bed. She's defeated. We're defeated. We're done. I've had That's conversations with the school, the teacher, nothing's budging. Third grade's hard. It's all the feedback I get. It is hard. So that's why I'm like, I'm just going to homeschool. Jesus, no, you're not. So we'll see. We'll see where we're at. We're going to like let it ride a little bit longer and we're going to move on. But I just want, at least for our teacher currently, I'm like, I just want a check-in login camera. I like, just have been praying so hard for this. Yeah. In school to have two hours of homework. Yeah. And I don't there's know. There's no answer. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's like, I wish I had that freedom to just be like, eh, it is what it is. Yeah. That's, if I ran, I told Johnny, you should be a teacher. And then Addie perked up and she's like, yes, dad would be the best teacher ever. So I'm putting. A lot like of my two members hours said in a night, so you know I'm putting in a ten hour teaching. Basically, a teacher, so you could homeschool the kids. No, come on. Okay, we're moving on. Hobbies. What's your hobby, Johnny? Ooh, Rapid fire. Two hobbies. A lot. Two. Two of your favorite hobbies. Flying and golfing. Yeah, and you're gonna say those. They all start with an ing. End with an ing. End with an <laughs> ing. Um, what are my hobbies? Your hobbies got a lot what i can't think of two (laughs) decorating what do i decorate you told me 
when we got our house in 2021, if I, I asked you if I could hire this we, interior okay. designer, I'm, no, no, you as I said, can I hire this interior designer? She wasn't even, she was a teacher. And I was like, I can afford this one. Can't afford the actual other interior designer, but I can afford this teacher interior designer. And you said, Jen, you buy new decorations every six weeks. And I said, I won't. We're going to invest good decorations. If I can hire her to make the aesthetic perfect, then I won't buy decorations for two years. And guess who has not bought decorations for this December is two years. I haven't bought decorations. Seasonal because Reed convinces me. That's the only reason. Otherwise, our decorations in our house have been the same for two years. Right? Am I wrong? Oh. You're not wrong. So decorating, I really wouldn't say is like my hobby. I say that. It's just like all the other little, I'd say your main hobby. So Jen's main hobby is, I mean, she should be. Besides working out. I think on, I think. I don't know what you're going to say. I'm I nervous. I don't know where this would go, but she needs to be on a board that tries new things I found love. on the internet. If you could see Jen's arms right now, they they are like scabs. Like when you rub her arm, it, it feels like a lizard right now. <laughs> she has like, she, she rubbed the whole top layer of her skin off because she found some magical stone that removes, that removes hair. And then she comes out walking out of the bathroom looking like, she has third degree burns on her arms. And this is just a slight example. Like there's too many. The amount of Correct. pillows I've had to try, the amount of this and that, like, oh, here you go, John. This is the next best thing since sliced bread. And they're not expensive things. I'm just saying she she loves to try <laughs> new things. So I always say I will try if anything we can once. Get her signed up as <laughs> A experimentalist. That's tap me it. Like I fucking love it. I would try anything once. There's just so many that I. They're just like the gel, the dip gel, leaving my brain. (laughs) Like the dip. Name one more. The dip. That I I aired out my dirty laundry, and so many of my my followers were invested. They're gonna start me a GoFundMe for my nails. They're like Johnny. Take this girl to the nail salon right now. Like I'll Venmo you so you can get your nails done. That's the problem, though. I'm just can be honest. Your nails are probably as good as what you always go and pay for, and they mess them up. <laughs> no matter how many different nail salons you try, I always try the cheapest ones, and I think that's so why. If there's anybody out there that does traveling nails, someone like to come to me, to Jen that does good work. We'll pay the extra. There's there's a market for that over here. Please, I will do. I will buy my. She'll, I'll buy Jessica's nails. Experimentalist at least once. At least once. I'll try it once. <laughs> at least once. <laughs> I'll try anything once. I'm an. I love that about me. I'm an experimentalist. You are, you like heated coffee cups and just air it all out. She's John. a coffee cup collector. A connoisseur. <laughs> Um, I started this new thing. I have a thing for coffee cups. They gotta be just right. If I buy one, I have to get rid of one. That's the new rule. If she <laughs> buys one, because my cabinet is much smaller in this house, and so I, I have one that room. It's much smaller. It's just she will keep piling them in until they're gonna fall out <laughs> and shatter all over the floor. 
I love them. They you have know, to be almost like almost at a point where just I can reach them. So then John has to carefully, strategically stack coffee cups. I've got like three favorites, but then the other ones, like my mom gave me one. I can't throw that away. My like I've got like meaning behind it. It's like a picture. I'm an experimentalist. I, if I ever have to put something down of like your hobby, experimentalist. That that's your new term. I love that about me. That's your hobby. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. She bought me some new cow toe shoes a while back. I love supporting new brands because we got support with our new brands. Hey, no, I don't. I don't. And have it was no. this up and coming shoe company, and I was like, I'm always down for a pair of shoes. Like, don't buy me. I don't care about name brand purses. I want lots of shoes. And so I have one fake Louis Vuitton person. I get so many compliments. They're like, oh my gosh, Carol, love your Louis. I'm like, thanks, it's fake, it's $80. And they're like, what? And so if you find a really good fake dupe, I didn't even buy it. My aunt bought it for me. If you find a really good fake, everyone's going to think it's real. And so I carry that. And honestly, I don't love the attention around it. It's taken away from the attention around my shoes. Like, I vibe with nice, good shoes. And when I wear them, I'll buy four or five pairs. I do. When I have something I like, I'm a loyalist. If you're going to be in my corner, my friend, I will be your friend forever. I'm a loyalist, an experimentalist. So yours all end in I-N-G and all of mine in an I-S-T. We're really close. Oh, my word. Okay, we're moving on. So hobbies... Johnny loves to golf and fly. I love to support Johnny and have that bonding time almost a couple time and going golfing and flying with him. And he loves me and my hobbies. And so he will do the shoes wearing and the pillow sleeping. And I almost made you do the stone thing until I realized that my arms are literally on fire and I have scabs everywhere. And I wanted to cry all day on Sunday because all I could think about was how bad my arms hurt. And it's supposed to get rid of peach fuzz. And but you knew what kind of grief you would hear from me. So yeah, I was like, I'm just going to throw that in away. Silence. Mm-hmm. I know. And so and prior to this, we got a what now? We got a little laser lightning machine that's supposed to what? remove hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, you forgot about that one. I bought too. one for Jenny and Jessica. And my hair's too blonde. It doesn't work. So then I thought the stone, guys, just stick to the razor. Don't buy the stone. You will get third degree burns. Anyways, so I think you should try a couple. You should be open-minded to trying hobbies together. And maybe you don't love, love, love it, but do it because it's good time together. So there's that. Let's move on. There's one that I really want to ask you. I saw it earlier. Susan Potter wants to know, do you do sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Oh, very easy. Sock, sock. Shoe, shoe. Shoe, shoe. Same. We don't allow shoes in our house. You can't do one or the other alternating. You have to do it together. Don't wear your shoes in my house. <laughs> I sing that every time. Okay. Do you sleep on the left side of the bed or the right side of the bed? Here's my question. It's confusing. If you're Is this laying, me laying in it, down looking right. at the ceiling, then right. I'm on the left. If we're laying in bed looking at the ceiling, Johnny's on the left, I'm on the right. If I fell off the bed, I'd fall off on your left with my left arm. Yeah. And I'm on the right. But but why? Stephanie Jones wants to know, why did you choose that side of bed? Just happened one day? Has it always been since you were grown? It's always our house layout. Yeah. Which I wasn't home that much anyway, so I never really got to choose. But it was, yeah. It Even growing Sedalia, up? Our Sedalia house. Not growing up. I mean. did you, What side of the bed did you sleep in growing up? 
middle. In the middle? Yeah. Why did you sleep in the middle? Didn't you share a bed? I mean, I did one at a certain age, but I don't remember what. Johnny, time. poor old Johnny. I slept on a You slept on the mat, floor. <laughs> the floor between Every sibling beds. got on the bunk bed and poor Johnny slept on the floor. Poor guy. You want to know where I slept? Just easy going. I shared a bed with my sister Ashley um until she was until Christy moved out. And I just had to sleep on whatever side she didn't she just dictated that room. She just told me what side to sleep on. Sometimes it was oh. the left, sometimes it was on the right. I wonder how that feels. What? You always try to dictate what side of the bed. I need freedom around the okay. bed. Our our house in Sedalia we built. She's like, I'm being close to the door. You don't sleep here. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much how that yeah. was. And at that time, I was on the left side because yeah. you were on the right. Closest but you wouldn't to the know door. when you lived in your apartment, you always slept on the right. Exactly. Yeah. You stole my spot back in 2013. 13. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can have it back if you want. Take you down to your core. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. Do you want your spot back? No. So now I hold down the left. I don't yeah. care what the house layout is. Yeah. It's mine. Yeah. Um, who's your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush? Mm-hmm. It's your lookalike. Who? Jennifer Aniston. Well, thank you, but I do not look like her. I've known that since I met I knew you, you were going to say Jennifer Anderson, but even there, I look like her. Yes, I've said that for years. Oh my gosh, thank you. Got the younger, hotter version. Thank you. I love her. She's like girl crush, Jennifer Anderson. So we said that like in one of our first dates, like one, two, three, Jennifer Anderson. And I was like, we're meant to be. Boom. Male crush? Who's your like male idol? I wouldn't call him crush because you're weird My about that. Homie. But I mean, who's your homie? Best friend. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. I thought you were gonna say Post Malone. I'm a little sad, but that, I know Travis. That's yours. That's mine. But it's not a crush. Absolutely, do I love him to his core? He's not attractive. I'm not saying I'm crushing on any man, but that's no. my, that's my homie. Travis Kelsey, yeah, but Travis Kelsey's pretty pretty good looking. He's kind of like I'm talking about Travis Kelsey or Post here. I'm so confused. Travis Kelsey, he's a good-looking man. Oh, I thought you just said he's not. No, Post Malone is not. Post Malone, I love his soul and I love his music, but I do not love his looks. And Travis Kelsey, <laughs> I think he's cute, but he's not really my type. I'm more brown-haired, brown-eyed girl, and he's a blondie, so it's not really my thing. But um, if I were to pick a male celebrity crush, it I don't know. Like the Hemsworth brothers, they're like meaty and like like good jawlines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're cute. I'm but gonna start shaving my jawline. No, I love your facial hair. Show you off my show off my jawline. You have a great your facial hair accentuates your jawline. You're great. Don't shave that. And don't go without to be an Amish man again, please. I love the Amish culture, but it's just not like my vibe for being like, wow, you are sexy. Not Amish. No, but whenever you used to haul in a truck and you would get on the phone with the Amish men and you would start yodeling your voice like them, I would look around like, who is this man right now? 
you can change your accent to anything to fit who you're talking to. And I don't, it's not that I hate it. I just think it's hilarious. The minute you talk to one of your cousins on their phone, you get this, like, you got a dip in your lip, kind of bullets in your top, like, country boy. What's up, boys and girls? Yeah. And then you start yodeling when you're not, with the Amish men. Yodeling? Like, their little yet talk. You are, do it. Let us hear your best Amish. Are you here to pick up a load yet? Yes. And you would literally, I'm like, who is this? Let's talk to the Amish folk with their dialect. Yes, and, they, and then you show up and you look like them and they're like, wow, this man is just like me. And then and they're like, we want to do business with you. Absolutely. They're the best paying ones to do business with. So it sounds good. But those, I kind of miss those fun trucking experiences. Like, And then you'd go down south, you'd come home with a heavy southern accent. Hey, it's always there on the back burner if you're ever interested. I'm not. I'm not. I think we're going to get a big semi and. For Max, it maybe for for Jen. Oh, for to go on tour. Yeah, take Jen on tour. I know Johnny's been coast asking me to coast. go on tour for years, and I'm almost convinced. If you let me homeschool the kids. Mm. Mm. Okay, so here we go. Are you ready for this one? I got a really good one. Don't read it. This is for you. Why can't I read? Look at the camera. I'm gonna hear it. Why can't I read? It? Do you get the urge to yell, last round, best round, during the deed? During the deed. Uh, He's going to start turning all shades of red. No, but I'm like, here it comes, Jen. I'm going to start. That's what, after I read this, I was like, I'm going to do that <laughs> next time. And now we're both going to be saying last round, uh, best round. And that's a good one. to further that, they were like, people were elaborating like, well, you know, if the kids hear them say last and then you go best room, they'll probably leave them alone because they're thinking they're working out. And I'm like, honestly, Kimmy, it's genius. Dual purpose. Dual purpose. I'm going to be like, we're going to go work out. And they're like, wrong way. But no, it's it's very easy. We, we're talking about Christmas gifts. Yes. And, and they will leave us alone. What? Awesome a vacation we're gonna go we're on. Gonna have for mm-hmm. a vacation that we want. Maybe this plan. weekend you might get to have a friend over. That one keeps them quiet for a little bit. Doesn't matter how far away that vacation is, but man, we're planning it. We are planners. <laughs> Got a lot of planning going on. Um. Okay. What is a quirk that you don't like about me? That maybe like annoys you? Something that I do that you're like the biggest number one is just it's happened my whole life. What? Just never get away from it. The coffee spills. It's all like I don't I don't love coffee and I've always used this comparison and Jen just hates it so bad. We've talked about this you, on a podcast you before. Coffee drinkers are like addicts. Not since I've moved to the mushroom coffee, which this is not an ad, but it's an ad. I have a coupon code for Daily Dose Coffee. And what is that code, Jen? It's really embarrassing. It's a funny story, but I asked the the, the owner at reached out and was like, "Yeah," because I read, I talked about him on podcasts, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll give you an affiliate code for five free travel packs for your whoever uses your code. Five free travel packs. You spend thirty dollars, you get five free packs in." And they're like, "What do you want your code?" I said, "JGFG or Jen Loganville." Guess what your discount code is. JGFG or Jen Loganville all squished together. 
<laughs> I love that for me. And so, they but, took her literally. Yeah. It, so that's my number one beef is Jen's obsession with coffee. She'll hop in the car. Oh knowing my gosh. How, I think this is your biggest pet peeve. Knowing how windy, snaky our 5% grade entrance to our neighborhood is. Yeah. Open, open coffee mug. Almost full to the brim. You might see an inch. And then I'm supposed to drive slow. I don't have a slow. You know, you know what? I've just learned how to ride with you and I just tilt and I tip and I'm simultaneously doing my makeup. The cars that I won't do, I will wait until we're going somewhere to do my makeup in the car. Is some of the best makeup I've ever done is in the car. I hope blend. You help me. Yeah, you're a really good blender. One of my pet peeves about you, I don't have anything else. I was thinking about this for like the last three days before we recorded this. I've been nervous about this one. No, about what you were going to say that mine are. And I was like, oh, it's probably whenever I forget to move the laundry to the the dryer. Oh, I don't care about that. I was fearing about that one. Or like I've got a couple that I honestly annoy myself with that I was like, definitely he's going to say that. But your biggest pet peeve that annoys me. Are you ready? Is when we are getting ready to go to a birthday party or leave and we're already late because we're running on Johnny time. We're already late and you clip your fingernails. Like that's the time to do that is as we're walking out the door and I hear ching. And I'm like, are you kidding me? For years, for 10 years, you have done this. And I'm like, you didn't think last night in the shower was a great time to do that? And I've asked you before. Clips their nails in the shower. I clip my toenails in the shower. That's gross. What in the world? They're soft. It's like a. like Jen hates how hard. Yeah, your nails are like, it's so much noise. could break. Yeah, your nails versus mine, you, you win every day. Let me put dip on your nails for practice. No. But listen, it's just like you don't think to do it any other time other than when we're 30 minutes late for Christmas and we still have to drive an hour to your brother's house and you're clipping your nails as we're walking out the door. The kids are loaded up. Gifts are loaded. Food's in the car and you are clipping your nails. That was last Christmas. We're we're literally 45 minutes late and you're just going ching, ching, ching. And I'm like... Is it really the time? So if we're 45 minutes late. But like, do what's you. What's the rush? Exactly. A guy with this. When you have kids, you've got all the excuses in the world. Amen to that. John, we had a meme and it, it was Johnny to a literal T. Johnny is late anywhere he goes because he literally gives zero you know what. And that's Johnny's personality. You can't offend him. You can't hurt his feelings. He goes to the beat of his own horn, and I love that about him. And I wish I could be more like that. And he's like, but I would sometimes when we just got married, I would try to hurt feelings. And you're like, you can't hurt my feelings, Jen. <laughs> like, I know, but you can hurt mine. But I'm a little sensitive sometimes. I have this shell where I am hard and mean and tough. But deep down, I'm like, oof, that one sucked. But I'm going to act like it didn't bother me. <laughs> And you know how to get under my skin. That's the problem. And you do it out no of like playfulness. Is always the best reaction in the history of history. Yeah, now I'm really good at it, but it still kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. 
you're like, I sleep great. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you did. I got one hour because I was up thinking about it all night. Okay, this is a good one. Johnny, how do you deal with Jen being such a strong woman? Some men would be intimidated by her ability to take such a lead role. How about her fame? Which I don't think I'm famous, but Addie tells me I am. Oh, you famous girl. <laughs> so you funny. Famous, famous. But Can't what's walk your answer? Out of a restaurant <laughs> without getting your picture taken or that song. I you know what? One of my favorite moments is when we were at the pool, 2021. Justin Bieber just came out with the song. There she go. And you were like, this is my theme song to you, Jen. You played it. You made me cry that day. I was like, oh. That's, that's still your theme song. I know. When I need a hype song and Johnny's in my presence, I turn on There She Go. And I just, that's Johnny singing it to me. And so how do you feel about me being, I've often wondered, he's got to be sick of my crap. He's got to be sick of me. How do you deal with me being such a strong woman and intimidating to men? My whole life I've been told I was intimidating and I used to get offended. And one day I went home and I was so upset. I was in high school and I was like, so-and-so said that they can't date me because I intimidate them. And my dad was like, take that as a compliment. And I was like, Isn't a, compliment. a compliment? And he's like, yeah, you will never want to date a man, a boy at that point. You never want to date someone who is intimidated by you. When you meet someone who's not intimidated by you, you know you got the right person. And the day I met Johnny, your voice squeaked. Your voice definitely squeaked. It felt like you were a powerful woman. She, uh, I literally took your breath away. My breath away, for real. Were you intimidated by me? No. I knew you weren't from the day you met me. This guy's got a street bike. Clicked off right off the get go. So, how do you feel? I feel good about it. You like it? Yeah. You come from a family where the man's supposed to be the dominant one and like make me dinner, serve me. So how is it where I'm total opposite of that? Does it bother you? Really? Do you like it? You told me once you thought it was kind of sexy. You can say sexy on here. I you said are boobs. Sexy. Um, I don't know. But it's a respect thing. Like I respect you, you respect me. I know your lead roles, I know mine. Yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed. We've, uh, you know, we're kind of the same. We've always been our roles. Like, yeah. I've never been like, oh, I'm the man. Like, I don't try to be. <laughs> I don't try that at all. But it's like, yes, I have. I just give Jen freedom. Thank you. You know I thrive in that. That's right. I don't know. It's just easy. Yeah. Okay. I, I knew what I was getting into when I... Is it funny whenever, um, if do you ever see me intimidate other men? Really? Yeah, Yeah, it's funny. See, that's why, (laughs) like, that's the thing. He just sits back. He's the least jealous person. He's the least, like, I'm not, like, he's just so go with the flow. Nothing bothers him. Nothing ruffles his feathers. I love that about him. But, like, when's the time that I intimidated someone? When's the time? Like whenever I, I could know. name one, like when I got a speeding okay. ticket and you I was do pumping. You say what you want and nobody questions it. <laughs> That's when you know you're, you're powerful. You're unhinged. I'm 100% unhinged. Try me. That's what I feel like. Mm. But here's the thing. I wasn't always like that. 
until I used to question myself, feel awkward, and you feel. You were when I met you. Still, you were. I would like, but I was like a people pleaser more yeah. so than of like I felt like I had this inner power, but I just not to use it. I didn't know how to use it and not hurt feelings or use it in a positive way. And I found it. I found my purpose. And I like longed for that for so long of like, why did God put me on this earth? And I think it's for JGFG and a mom. Like mm-hmm. that was my purpose. Mm-hmm. And like to teach these little humans that he gave me how to exude positive energy and help see the beauty in people around them and in themselves. And be powerful. Be strong and powerful every day. Powerful, strong, strong, powerful, worthy, chest up, shoulders back, go have a good day. I love you. And they're like, they pipe up every time I say that. Like, they stand a little taller. That's the goal. Because I wasn't always like this. It was probably in high school, even like after marrying you, whenever you think you gave me the independence and the freedom to be, you would like pull these positive things out about me and show me who you saw. I'd be like, whatever. And you're like, no, when you walk in a room, you grab everyone's presence. Whatever. And... And then you have to like, I can constantly dismiss that or you can believe it. And then you can feel it and vibe it and grow with it and know how to use it. And I never want to feel like cocky. Does that make sense? I never, like I probably the most humble person I feel. I mean, how can you be cocky in your, you know, in yourself? Right. You just. Be confident within yourself. Confident in yourself and it clearly shows. But yeah, I don't feel like I'm famous by not at all. I'm just a normal person. You're a normal person, just like everybody out there is a normal person. Right. So, but you are famous. Addie wrote that on her worksheet yesterday. But she is. That when she grows up, she wants to take over my mom's Get Fit group so I can be famous and show how people how to be strong. And I was like, okay. And she drew a before. But after picture with her big muscles. And my favorite part was that she said, she's strong here too, but then she's really strong now. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm doing something right. We are doing something right. That she's not like, oh, she's skinny here and now she's buff. We don't use skinny, fat, anything like that in our house. Those are no words. But she's like, she's strong here, but she's really strong here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was more powerful to me than any of it. Yep. So that was made me feel... So what's your favorite adults only vacation that we've done so far? Well, we've only gone on two since we've had children. I, it's really hard for us to leave our kids. Um, we just don't have the right setup of people we can leave our kids with for a long period of time. And now that we have three kids, that feels like a party. And not many people want to take on three kids. Just being honest. Yeah. We have our one babysitter who is moving to a new milestone of her life. And so it's really hard to be able to take those trips um, and feel comfortable leaving your kids, especially Ava. I'm really weird about leaving them when they're less than two years old. And so, and I'm still nursing her. She's never been away from me overnight before, except for one time. And our babysitter, Sarah, kept her. She did great, but it was like such a disconnect from that. But we've gone on two. One, on a ski trip, and one to Nashville. Both were awesome, fun, 10 out of 10 trips. Loved them. It was great. Um, we've got some big stuff coming. Um, we'll talk about it soon. But yeah, and those will be adult-only trips. So are you all super planners or go with the flow for your free days? 
Both? Yeah, we're both. Yeah, I don't know if you can be both, but we are. Like when we have plans, we thrive on the plans and we so are I like, go, we, go, go. We plan the days to not have anything going on. Yes. We're planners. Yeah, I'd say planners for we're sure. Like, we're doing this on X and X date, but we're, this day is freedom. And honestly, no plans. I don't do well when plans change. So you were the horse race championship and I just kind of went during one of my walk and talks, I kind of gave like real life moment of like how you were gone all day for 12 hours golfing. And then I took the kids to the pool and then you showed up at the pool all excited and you're like, oh my gosh, I just walked. And you were thriving. I've never seen you so excited. And I was a little frustrated. Like, I've been with these kids all day. When do I get a mom day? Because I don't have any of those days. And now you want me with no makeup on at the swimming pool with no, my hair in a nasty bun to go get ready for a cocktail party? No, you go by yourself. And that's what I said to you. And then I instantly saw this like, I just won and I'm so excited. And, and then I was like, okay, Jennifer, Johnny is a constant supporter in every award I've ever won and everything. If, if I'm like, Johnny, get up, we're going. He's like, let's go. And just because I don't like last minute plans or last minute changes, stop it. And I had that whole mental conversation with myself as you're talking to me and telling these stories and you're so excited. And I'm like, stop it. Get out of your head. Get out of your head. Okay. And and we, I didn't love the idea of our 13-year-old neighbor daughter babysitting our kids. But we did it. For a couple hours. And the grandma was there, so it was fine. There was an adult supervision, but, and the older brother, it was fine. But I didn't love it. And I'm like, you know what? Be spontaneous. And that was one of the most fun nights I've ever had. We hung out with our neighbor friends. We hung out with some other friends. Like, it was fun. And I was like, look at me growing, doing the uncomfortable things that I, and then, but mostly I was like, no, I showed up for you, which was a big deal for me because you always show up for me. Without a question. And so, yes, it looked different than we won the Missouri's Best. We have a red carpet event on this state months and months ahead. So we're planned for it. And that's in my head. Like, that would have been fine. But I was okay with being spontaneous that day. And it ended up being one of the best nights. And so I was like, I kind of want another night like that. That was fun. And so now it opened this door. And I was so proud of you watching you be this champion. So they want to hear you explain the P. GA tour, final hole. I love watching it. I tried to explain it and I was like, one day he's going to have to do it for y'all. Oh, so the any best. of you that don't know me very well, I am not I'm not your typical golfer. I, did, I picked up golf two years ago when your dad retired. Yeah. So I'm new in the golf game. But back up, Johnny is naturally athletic at everything that he ever does. The I'm best. Competitive. competitive and you're really naturally good. But golf did not come easy for you. No, golf is tough. Golf's a whole different, you know, yeah, ball game compared to what I'm used to. Grew up playing football, you know, soccer, track, all that fun stuff, wrestling. But anyways, at this golf tournament, you know, I'm not that good. I think my handicap's a 26, 26 handicap. And so we got paired with two other guys, me and my neighbor, and... In this horse race, people were placing bets. There were 20, 20 teams, mm-hmm. and there's some big money. Like, there was an hour worth of betting. So People are going through this list, seeing names, you know. I'm pretty new to the club. 
and not the greatest golfer. So anyways, we embark on this uh, horse race championship. Two teams get knocked out on the first three holes. And the way this tournament plays out is there's a one, two, three, and four um, number next to your name. So on tee off, your number one player tees off. Wherever that ball lies, your number two guy, wherever that ball lies, number three. So I'm I'm four. You know, I have the worst handicap, obviously. <laughs> so we, we make it through the first, you know, the first hole onto the second hole. And, you know, I'm making some pretty good big shots for our team. And we stay alive. We end up winning our pool. And so we go to the championship. And anyways, we get to the final hole in this championship we we won out the first hole the second hole and we're still alive you know we're not knocked out mm-hmm. and all of a sudden in this championship there's a group of probably 100 to 120 people just following each hole and just a mass like a mini pga tour <laughs> you're just surrounded by an audience and Last hole comes up, championship hole, and the rotation was back to me off the tee box. And I've never felt I so much pressure in the there. sport world. You know, I played a little bit of college football, never had this feeling, but I'm up there, literally money on the line. On the line. This isn't just, you and know, hundreds of people rights. watching you. Hundreds of people coming out of their houses on the golf course, just surrounding this championship tee box uh-huh. and they go Logan Bill up on the tee box and there's so many people out here that we can't even get up to the tee box in our cart we're just weaving and dodging and mm-hmm. trying to get up there so we've got just this mayhem of me trying to find my way up there and it's honestly I'm just coming from like Teeing off is not a strong suit. Teeing off is not my strong suit. So I get up there. and The amount of pressure. I take, I take two or three practice swings and something in me is like, I'm strong and powerful. I'm going to bomb this thing. I'm going to send it I'm so up proud of you. over the tree line and we're going straight for it. Because so you I, always hook right with your when you tee off. Yeah, I usually, I, I try to play my slice. This time I'm like, we're going... Up over this tree line. You had the confidence. Tee up, no practice swings. Swing right through the ball and just out drive the fairway straight. Straight. I, I heard it was so straight. And everybody, the crowd's going wild. I'm All so sad. My teammates I miss are just throwing their beers up and it's just so much fun. I wish someone recorded. I wish Brandon would have recorded. I feel honestly like I miss a huge part of your life right now. I, it was uh, probably the best shot of my life in the golf. I'm so proud of you. Era here, so uh, it was awesome. I left our teammate, number one guy, eighty yards out, and he laid up, and then our number two guy hit an insane putt from like, and he was wasted. And he, yards. and he played golf in college, which is helpful. But you like and it was so he could barely talk and walk. So how he did that, I don't he know. Said, I I lay, I saw two holes and I aimed for the left one, <laughs> and he drained it. 
That's when you're just that good. So it was it was just so much fun because my neighbor knows a lot of, of the guys out there that were still, you know, alive during this time. Yeah. And they had to follow my insane drive. So it just it just added to the moment. I loved it. I'm so sad now I missed that. I love that. golf even more. Yeah, now um, you're like, it's just... the first time golfing, I went with him after that. So I was like, I got me this little winner guy. And in our cart, they put horse race champion Jonathan Loganville on the cart. It was yeah. really funny. But the whole night at the little like thing, people kept going, what's up, Logan? And I'm like, Johnny, why is everyone calling you Logan? That he gave himself like a fake name for the day. He's like, they heard the announcer say Logan Bill, and I think they think, they think my, my first name Logan. Logan. My last name's Bill. <laughs> so this guy who's on your team, this guy who sank it into the hole of the putty. What's up, Logan? And then he was like, yeah, Logan, he crushed that. And I'm thinking, who the heck is Logan? And, and finally, we met back, and I was like, why is everyone calling you Logan? He's like, I don't know. I'm just going with it. He had you in his phone as Logan Bill. Like, your first name's Logan, and I'm like, oh, we messed up. Someone messed up big time. Oh. So I'm just curious if you ever see him again, if he calls you Logan no, or Johnny. I corrected Did him. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I corrected him when we met back up. That's but funny. But there's the win. That is funny. the best day of your life, besides having with, our kids. With everybody's, you know, pretty much winning tickets. Yeah. Just pumped. Tell them how much money you got from win. that. So mind you. I never have cash on yeah. me. This is, you know, obviously cash only betting. I'm like, what's the point of betting on anyone if you're not yourself. bet on yourself? Right. So I, I put $5 down, which that's the buy-in. $5 is the minimum. Um, but I won, I won $48 off my five, my five bucks. So prior to that, we pulled out, you know, three or $400 in cash so we For could the go fair. to the state fair. Because that's expensive these days. You, you know me, my competitiveness, and luckily my kids love it too. Oh, yeah. Trying to duke it out with the carnies, trying to win some prizes. I was like, we're Needless we're... to say, between food and- Entry tickets. Entry tickets. The million of games that we played. All the games we played. I had $7 to invest, so I could only buy one ticket. Imagine, <laughs> if you would have played six less games, you would have had so much more money to bet on yourself. Hey, I know. <laughs> And I was like, Johnny, we are not wasting our money on these darn games. And he's like, Jen, we're here to have fun. And as he's throwing the basketball and he's as like. I'm making it rain. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You're right. We are. We came home with some pretty big prizes. And that's because Addie hung for 100 seconds without letting go. He's like, literally, I've never seen anyone do this. Let alone she did that and your husband did it. So we had these giant stuffed animals. And I'm like. Addie's like, can you wash these? They're dirty. Our kids are germ freaks like us. And I'm like, not nah, throwing this giant stuffy in the wash machine. It will, it will explode. But this goes but to show how competitive we all are. Our kids are. As and again, thrown into our kids. Addie she, won. And in the small print, yeah. we came back and she's like, Dad, you do it with me a second time. She's like, I'm going to get me another big prize. Right. They're like, and can we, we came do it back once? And in the small print, it said one winner per day. Yeah. So she kind of broke down yeah. and I was like, Addie, I'll, I'll do it with you. And, and you just do it for I, fun. If I win, then you get my prize too. Yeah. Cause she did it the first time for her little brother. So Reed got a toy and she did that for him. I was like, you're so selfless. I'm so proud of her. 
So then she you both did it. The prize and everything. And she's wanting to let go. I mean, it's got to hurt. And I'm like, Addie, you are strong. You are powerful. You do not let go. You've got this girl. You're strongest in the room. And she looked at me with like this nod of like, you bet I am. And she then did she did it. 120 seconds with me. I was like my proudest time. moment there for her. Like yep. I saw the min- the like mind to muscle of like, oh my gosh, it's hard. And I was like, do not let your mind talk your body out of this. Go. What's up, Mandy Kay? She's walking into the warehouse hey. right now. And so um, anyways, I loved that moment. It, I was so, so proud of her. So proud of you. It was amazing. I think we're going to wrap it up. We've got about 80 more questions to talk about on the next one. We hope you enjoyed a conversation with us today. We will just get more juicy and unhinged as it goes. Every episode gets a little juicier. We love you guys. You are strong. You are powerful. And you are worthy. Bye. Bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind to Muscle. If you'd like to tune into future episodes, don't forget to follow me on your preferred listening platform. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure and leave a review. I really appreciate those. Don't forget, you are strong, you are powerful, you are worthy, and you can do hard things. I love you guys. Bye.